You're listening to Africa's Business Rockstars podcast with Nefa Ahoy, a show that shares the stories of successful Africans in business and how they did it. It's our story told our way to inspire our people. This podcast is sponsored by IDS Consultant Ghana Limited, a company dedicated to supporting small and medium-sized enterprises with accounting and business advisory services at an affordable rate. Visit www.idsconsultantga.com to learn more. Hi there. Welcome to Africa's Business Rockstars. Now, this segment is slightly different from the norm. You know, our major sponsor, IDS Consulting Ghana, raised a very interesting point about the most common questions that businesses and their employees tend to ask. Now, you know, Africa's Business Rockstar, the purpose for us is to bring to bear successful entrepreneurs within Ghana and beyond. So we thought it wise, why not shed more light on the questions that up and coming entrepreneurs may have. Let's demystify some of the myths and make everything as simple as possible. So today our guest is Ivy Yansa. She's the senior consultant for IDS Consulting Ghana, and she's here to answer all the questions you have about your payslip. Hello, Ivy, and welcome to Africa's Business Rockstars. Hi, Nipa. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Ivy, what is a payslip and what are the basic components of a payslip? All right. So a payslip is basically a statement or a document that your employer gives to you, an employee at the end of every month. And it shows you how they have arrived at the net salary, which is the money that you actually receive in your account. And the basic components of any payslip is obviously your basic salary and then the deductions that have been made on your basic salary. So your basic salary at that point will include the net amount so everything before you've accounted for tax, pensions and everything else. It will also come with your allowances. So if upon taking up employment, if your employer told you about other benefits that you were going to get, which was not in cash form, a typical example will be your fuel card or, you know, lunch allowance or anything like that. Basically any benefits that you get directly as a result of taking up that employment would also be on your payslip. And then you would have your total net salary after all the deductions, after your tax deductions, after your SNIT deductions, after your tier two. And if your employer is part of the tier three um, program, after your tier three deductions, you will have that as well. And then the net amount is actually what you get in your bank account if you are paid through the bank or is what your employer actually gives you at the end of the day, which is commonly called your take-home salary. What is the basic salary? So your basic salary, other people would refer to it as your gross salary. It's meant to be an all-in amount. An example would be you start working for us and we tell you your basic salary is 3,000 cities a month. The 3,000 cities does not actually mean that that's what you will take home at the end of the month. It just means that it includes your taxes, your personal income taxes, which is the PAYE in Ghana, pay as you earn, and your pension contributions as well. Normally, your basic salary does not include allowances that you would normally get. Another way you could look at it is, is cost to company. So how much does it cost your employer to actually have you working for them? And it's the amount before any other deductions. So deductions in the form of pension payments, PAYE, which is pay as you earn, or any loan repayment accounted for, that's your basic salary. Okay. Now, another component that most people see on pay slips is the allowance. So what are our allowances as well? Your allowances actually is a subcategory of your basic salary. It's just that 
what I've realized in our part of the world is we try to separate the two. But what we increasingly see is all these allowances have monetary values attached to them. So if you think about your fuel allowance, that is an amount. It goes on your fuel card. And you think about your lunch allowance, that's usually a, a given amount a month. And any clothing allowance, any sort of thing that you can think about, the company would have actually attached a value to it. And all forms part of that basic salary, because when you add all those amounts to it, plus the amount your employer wants to give to you, that fixed bit of the amount, that's when you actually get your basic salary before any further deductions are done. Okay, Ivy. So another common thing we notice on pay slips is SSF. So just explain to us what that is, what that entails as well. Okay, so before I do that, let's take a step back and actually try and understand how the pension scheme in Ghana works. So Ghana has a three-tier pension system, a tier one, tier two, and tier three. Tier one and tier two are compulsory and are deducted at source. At source meaning your employer actually has to deduct it before paying over the remaining balance to you as your net salary. This is how the deduction happens. At the end of the month, your employer is supposed to withhold 5.5% of your basic salary as a contribution to your pension. The employer has to pay 13% of your basic salary as a contribution to your pension. This 13% is not part of your basic salary. So this is an additional expense that your employer incurs on your behalf and that money contributes towards your pension. So now we have 18.5% that has been accumulated as contribution to your pension. So following that, we now have how that amount is actually paid towards the tier one and the tier two. So for tier one, which is administered by Social Security and National Insurance Trust, you pay 13.5% of the basic salary to SNET. And this is done on the 14th of the subsequent month. Okay. And 5% is paid to your tier two provider which could be anyone from Petra Trust, Zenith, Enterprise, Glyco. There are quite a few of them around. Normally, the decision lies with your employer. They would have selected a tier two fund manager and you just contribute to that. So if you don't know who your fund manager is, you can speak to anyone within your HR department and they should be able to give you that information. Okay, so the 13.5, no, the 13%, sorry, which is supposed to be taken by the employer, as in the employer is responsible for that. Yes. Is that supposed to come out of my basic salary? No, that's not supposed to come out of your basic salary. Okay. We've had instances where employers have deducted that amount from their the basic salary of their employees, and that's actually illegal. You're not supposed to do that. Mm -hmm. You are supposed to contribute to the future well-being of your staff um, by making that 13% payment towards their pension. Ivy, so if this 13% is supposed to be borne solely by the employer and not taken from your basic salary, how can one tell that, okay, my employer hasn't taken this 13% from my basic salary? Okay, so a lot of employees actually do not spend time studying their payslips. They assume everything is right, which normally is the case. But if you do want to check if their calculations have been done correctly, obviously your basic salary, you can check with the contract that you were given when you took up employment. And your payslip will have the employer SSF and the employee SSF. When you get to the net salary portion of your payslip, just do the calculation. If it's been done right, either the employer SSF would have been excluded from the 
casting to get your net salary or the employer SSF has been included in your basic salary so that when it's deducted, you get the same net salary um, as you would if it wasn't factored in. Right. Got it. But 5.5, 13%, totally 18.5, 13.5, tier one, 5% tier two. Ivy, this sounds like a whole lot of deductions <laughs> going towards tiers. What's the benefit? Like what's, what's the use? I know it sounds like a lot of money being taken out of our salary, yeah. um, which is already under pressure for all the responsibilities that we have. Absolutely. But the government saw a need, and I have to agree, for us to save towards our pension. Mm. When you are in the formal sector or even informal sector and you're making money while you're young, you might think you'll be working forever. You might not actually save, even though we are always encouraged to save. People do not save or they do not save enough. The Pension scheme is actually supposed to ensure that when you go on retirement, there is some money available to you for you to be able to live on when you're not able to make a living for yourself. So that's what the tier one actually does. And that's why a big bulk of the 18.5 is paid towards tier one. What tier two actually does for you, it does the same thing if you never need to use it during um, your working life. But tier two also has an additional benefit. You can actually use the savings that you've made towards your tier two as a down payment for a house or a mortgage, it's actually interest-free. So it's also a very, very good way to manage your wealth and to actually save for a home. And I don't think a lot of people appreciate the advantage that comes with that. Allowances on your payslip, are these taxable? Okay. So previously, again, there's a little bit of sort of confusion around allowances, you know, what's taxable, what's not. The simple answer is, any benefit that attributes to you as you work for an employer is almost perceived as a salary because the benefit came to you directly. So really, it should all be monetized and paid as part of your basic salary. Now, we went through a moment where allowances were stripped out, so it was almost separate from the basic salary, and it appeared on a company's operating expenses and not as a sort of staff-related cost. Under the new laws governing employee taxes, all these should actually be form part of your basic salary. So it doesn't matter what the allowances are. It should all form part of your basic salaries and they should be subject to SNIT and pay as you earn as well. Okay. Okay. Which brings me to my next question, actually. So sometimes when you are sort of swapping jobs, the financial people in your life <laughs> unofficially will tell you, make sure you negotiate for a huge basic salary. Companies tend to pump a lot into allowances and give you really tiny basic salaries. But when you're moving on to a next job, that's actually a downside for you. How true is this? All right. So in instances like this, I would say with this, what I would say is rather than focusing on the basic salary, which sometimes depending on who is writing it might exclude your allowances or the benefits that have accrued to you as a result of doing sort of your previous job, outgoing, negotiating with your cost to company, which then includes everything, you know, the benefits and it's what you're, you're worth because that's what the previous company was paying you. It's on that basis that you should be using to negotiate your next salary. So remember, know your worth and ask for what you believe you deserve, irrespective of what your previous employer was paying you, right? Exactly. <laughs> All right, Ivy, another thing that I see on the payslips is income tax. Yes, please explain that for us as well. So income tax, when it's on an individual, as you see on the payslip, they call it pay as you earn. Okay. 
as you as you know, we live in a country um, with infrastructure mm-hmm. that we all benefit the roads, everything that all costs money. The government is able to do things by collecting taxes from its citizens to be able to carry out developmental projects mm-hmm. and the basic amenities that we all enjoy. So the income tax is basically that the tax that you have to pay to the government. The Ghana Revenue Authority is the agency for collecting these taxes and it's taxable on every person who works, both formal and informal. It's easier to track in the formal sector because again, it's your employer that has to withhold that amount and pay it over to Ghana Revenue Authority on the 14th day of the subsequent month of withholding that amount. For the informal sector, you're actually supposed to make those payments yourself. It doesn't always happen, but we encourage that people do it because a lot more of us that pay taxes will reduce the burden on the small people that are currently in the tax bracket that seem to be footing sort of the government's developmental um, bill. So tax brackets, people get their pay slips, open it up and exclaim, oh my goodness, look how much tax has been taken from my salary, right? How is this tax calculated? And there's, they keep saying the more you earn, the higher tax you pay. So are we supposed to be earning less? So we pay less taxes? <laughs> okay, so to some extent, that is true. You pay more taxes the more you earn, but it's proportionate. The increased tax rate is not charged on your full amount that you're earning. So Ghana has a graduated tax system as it's sort of similar in a lot of other countries. There's a tax-free amount at the moment, I think it's about 3,456 Ghana cities, and that is free for all. So it's the that first bit of income that you earn is tax-free. So if you're an individual that earns less than 3,500 cities a year, you're likely not paying any taxes. You won't see that amount on your payslip. But if you're lucky enough to earn more than 3,456, then your next 1,200, so 1,200 plus 3,456, your next 1,200 is taxed at 5%. After that 1,200, your next 1,680 is taxed at 10%. Your next 36,000 after the 1,680 is taxed at 17.5%. If you're very lucky enough to earn an additional 197,664, that amount is taxed at 25%. Any amount exceeding an incremental 240,000 is then taxed at 30%. So you see, it's graduated. So it does make sense if you earn more you will be taxed more because you move higher and higher into a higher tax bracket. But you still get the same benefits accruing to someone earning less than you because you're all subject to the same tax laws or tax rates. It's just that you move to a different bracket the more you earn. And that's basically why that statement is true. But then would you rather earn less? (laughs) I wouldn't. I guess that's why you have um, benefits like Provident Fund, which also so shows up on the payslip, right? Yes. So Provident Fund, it's also regulated by the National Pensions Regulatory Authority. And it's actually what I referred to earlier is the tier three in the three tier system. It's a fully funded defined contribution scheme. It's voluntary. So it's dependent on the employer and the employee to determine how much money they're actually going to contribute to the fund. What is really common is an employer will agree to pay a certain percentage and the employee will pay a certain percentage, say 5% from the employer and 5% from the employee. And that amount is also paid out on the 14th of the month 
to a trustee, which again will be the same trustee probably administering the tier two pension scheme, but it's dependent on the employer to make that decision. If you're not employed or formally employed or you or you work in the informal sector or you're self-employed, you can also make your own voluntary contributions into this scheme. And it also goes towards your pension. And it also has additional benefits like what I mentioned before. It serves as a savings, as some sort of savings for you. You can withdraw on it before sort of retirement. Um, and there are conditions around that, but it, it pays to sort of understand the benefits that accrue to both tier two and tier three beyond, you know, serving as a, a pension for when you go on retirement, um, it can actually be used before while you're still sort of healthy and you have other responsibilities in your life that you could use it towards like housing, which I mentioned earlier. Hmm. You really broke it down for us to understand myself. I had loads of questions that you've actually answered for me right now. Just a final few words. What advice would you have for, let's start with the employees, especially for employees regarding tax and your contributions and all of that. What advice would you have for them? I think for employees, especially when you start working with a startup or someone that's in the informal sector, is to really know what your rights are. They are supposed to pay your SNET. They are supposed to pay income tax. So you should ensure, ask the questions that they're actually making those payments on your behalf because it's for your own future benefit. Another thing that you can do as an employee to be very proactive is to take your SNET number and then go to any of the SNET offices and give them your SNET number and ask them to print a statement out for you. It will actually summarize all the contributions that have been done in your name. And it should tally with when you started working with your current employer. So if that is not happening, that is something that you can use to have a conversation with your employer to make sure that the contributions are being done. For the tier two, which in my experience, a lot of people neglect to contribute to, employees should really be proactive again in asking who your tier two provider is, find out what your reference number is, you know, so you can continue to check in for when contributions are made on your behalf or to even just get a periodic statement to see how much money has been accrued for you um, by virtue of the employment that you've been taking. And then for the employer? For the employer, to be fair, it really is just good manners and good business etiquette to make sure that your employees are well taken care of. And you should almost be the front runner of um, all the regulations that comes up. Um, by starting a business, because as we have experienced, not all employees know everything that's going on, but we can take the responsibility to make sure that they are well taken care of, their taxes are paid, their pensions are, are paid, and that puts them in a good standing for later on in life when they're retired or they need money to buy a house or do something quite substantial to their well-being. Absolutely. So thank you very, very much, Ivy, for answering our questions on payslips. Thank you, Nafa. I really enjoyed breaking it down um, for your audience. I hope someone finds this useful and keeps coming back to listen. Exactly. So remember, if you have any questions, any questions at all regarding the podcast that we run, you can send those questions to our social media handles, Africa's Business Rockstars on Instagram and on Facebook. We'll catch you on the next episode. Bye.